Welcome to Pilgrim Power, the podcast for Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church. Today's message is entitled, Love Don't Live Here Anymore. It's from the sermon series, Church Under Construction, and it's taken from Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Now please listen as Pastor Mackey tells us how to build a better church. Some people have read all 66 books except one book. That is the book of the Revelation. Many people are petrified and terrified by this book because of such Matters like the mark of the beast or Armageddon or the triple six number. But permit me to tell you that you should not be petrified or terrified, but you can be satisfied. When you read this book, I know that you are looking at the mark of the beast and the triple six numerals. But if you turn to the back of the book of Revelation, it says that we win. (laughs) Can you tell your neighbor we, we win, we win, we win. So. It's no sense in you shying away from the book of of Revelation. As I told the earlier service, it is not the revelations. It is the revelation singular of Jesus Christ that he gives to the apostle John on an isle called Patmos. We should understand, brothers and sisters, that I know that many of us are of the opinion that this book speaks of the eschaton. It speaks of eschatology, which is the study of the end times. And to a degree, it does speak about the eschaton. It does speak about eschatology, the end times, but I'm of the opinion that this book is not only a book for what is to come, but it's a book for the here and the now. One reason I know it's true is because before we hear about all these other signs and symbols in the book of Revelation, we hear about the seven churches of Asia Minor and God gives us fresh revelation in this membership month of how we can move from just being a good church to being an even better church. Walk with me in this text because uh, we find that the, the city of Ephesus is a booming city. It's a big city. It's a 
burgeoning city, so much so that it is third in populace, second only to um, Rome and Alexandria. This is a booming town, a big town, a burgeoning town. And while there, the Lord is speaking to the people in this church. He starts off by saying that he's holding the seven stars in his hand. What does the seven stars represent when you go back to Revelation 1 and 20? The seven stars represent the leaders of the church. It represents those who have any leadership roles in the church. And what it says to me by God having the leaders in his hand, it lets me know as a leader, it should let you know, those of you who are leaders in our church, that the only way we have been lifted up is because the Lord has been holding on to us. I know we can get the big head sometime and think because of our education and because of our experience that we're able to lead the church to higher heights and to deeper depths. But the truth of the matter is if it weren't for God holding us in his hand, we wouldn't be able to make the right decisions for the progress and promotion of his church. But it's not only a word of comfort for the leaders, it's a word of comfort for the laity. Laity is just a nice word that means that members of the congregation, because not only does he have the seven stars in his hand, according to verse 1 of chapter 2, but it also says that he's walking amongst the seven golden candlesticks. Now, what are the golden candlesticks? Go back again to Revelation 1 and 20. The golden candlesticks represent the seven churches. And watch this. It said that he's walking among them. Now, notice the imagery of the candlestick. The candlestick is upright. The candlestick stands tall. But the revelation of this revelation is that the church would not be able to stand tall and not be able to stand upright if it were not for God walking. Let me put it together real pretty for you. The church could not be standing if Jesus were not walking. And notice that's why we still have uh, that we're still standing and still striving. I don't know if you realize it or not, but there are many churches, thousands of churches, uh, due to the pandemic of COVID-19 that have had to shut their doors. But I'm glad to report to you that Pilgrim Rest is still standing and we're still striving. Can I tell you why? The reason why we're standing is because every Sunday we can depend on Jesus to walk down these aisles, walk among these pews, because notice if he's walking, that means he's present among the church. 
And some people feel like uh, for a church to grow that you've got to have programs and, and you have to have partners and, and you've got to have uh, other types of programming. But this revelation lets me know that real church growth does not just come from proper planning, does not come from proper programming, does not come from realistic partners, but it comes from the presence of almighty God. Is there anybody in here that's glad that when you came in the church today, you can feel the presence of the Lord because where the spirit of the Lord of the Lord is, there is liberty. And can I get about a hundred? I'll make 101 that can wave your hand in the beginning of this message to say spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. And I thank God that every time somebody comes in pilgrim rest, they should be able to feel his presence. That's what helps to keep a church alive is the presence of almighty God. But there's another reason Mama Tucker, why he's walking through these churches. He's walking through these churches because not only to show his presence, but because it's report card time for these congregations. He's walking because he's looking at their progress as he's walking. He's evaluating the churches. And in his evaluation, there are certain things that he sees that everybody else does not see. My question to you as a member of this church, what do you see when you look introspectively at Pilgrim Rest? Do you see just a nice church downtown? Do you see pews and parking lots and people? And some people believe that in order for a church to really grow, that the church has to pay utmost attention to what do the visitors see when they come to our church? What do the new members see when they become a part of our church? That's good. That's fine. But above what new members see and above what visitors see, we need to concern ourselves with what does Jesus see? Because what he sees is what we really are. Because we see pilgrim rest on the outside. Come on, help me somebody. But he's able to look beyond every nook and cranny to see who we truly are as a congregation on the inside. And after he gives words of comfort to this church, he moves to what he sees. Look, look at his report card, the words of commendation. He said, first of all, let me thank you for your sacrificial deeds. The term he uses there is thank you for your toil. That means that this church 
did not mind getting their hands dirty. And I thank God for Pilgrim Rest. We don't mind getting our hands dirty if no other church wants to be a blessing to this community, if no other church wants to be a blessing to this neighborhood and to this city. Pilgrim Rest is guilty of being a... Come on, you ought to clap your hand for your church of being a blessing to people that we don't even know. Sacrificial deeds. It moves from sacrificial deeds to him thanking them for the works that they have performed. So not only do I thank you for your sacrificial deeds, but I want to thank God for all the things that he's done in terms of your sound doctrine. Look at what he said. He said, you all don't take kind to these false prophets showing up. Watch this, brothers and sisters, because it goes back to Acts chapter 19, verse 20, where the apostle Paul encourages the church, beware of false prophets. And I I need to share this with you, that a whole lot of us, uh, my, my gripe with the church, not Pilgrim Rest, but the church universal is that we listen and we begin to eat food from everybody's table and we believe if it sound good if it look good if it can speak good if it can sing good if it can hoop good every once in a while that it is good but I'm here to tell you just because it sound good and it look good don't mean it's God I wish I had some help in here That's why you can't be carried away with every wind of every doctrine. That's why the Bible said, 2 Timothy 2 and 15, that you got to study for your own self to show yourself approved unto God. A workman don't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth because we got folk out here with these new revelations. We got folk out here that's saying that it ain't no hell it ain't no heaven but the devil is alive because I can read my Bible for myself we got folk out here saying you need Jesus and you need something else I wish I had somebody to talk to me out here You got these Hebrew Israelites out here today that believe that they're the only ones that's been called by God and believe you need Jesus and you need something else. But how many can testify when I got Jesus, I got everything I need. It's going to be Jesus yesterday, going to be Jesus today, and going to be Jesus tomorrow. And can I get about a hundred folk to say, as long as I got Jesus we got everything that we need but don't you get tripped up in these tragic traps of tradition because it sounds good if it doesn't line up with the word it's a lie But he commends them for staying on the wall and being able to tell the truth from a lie. Then he moves from words of comfort to words of commendation 
then he offers a word of condemnation. So y'all doing good. Y'all a fine church. But he says, but, but I got a problem with you. I, I got something against you. Here it is. He says, you have left your first love. What does that mean, pastor? That means that you have become so in love with the work of Christ and you've fallen out of love with the Christ that you're working for. You need to get that. I need to say it again. It means that you love doing the work of Christ, but you have fallen out of love with the Christ for whom you're doing the work for. Listen, listen to me real good. You cannot love without labor. But the text teaches us that you can labor without love. We got people singing in the choir. That are doing the work of the Lord. But may not love the Lord. You got people that may be ushering on the door that's doing the work of the Lord in the name of the Lord, but don't love the Lord. You you got people shouting in the pews that just going through the motions, waving their hand at the right time, stomping their feet at the right time. They love the work of the Lord, but they don't love the Lord at all. Can I tell you what happened? Because somewhere along the way they got into the business of self-satisfying rather than God glorifying can I say it one more time I said somewhere they got in the business but it's going to be self-satisfying and not God glorifying it's some people that work in the church not because they love Jesus but they work in the church because they want to see people pat them on the back they want to see people clap their hands in applause for their good deeds they want to hear people call their name they want to see their name in lights but listen to me child of God and listen to me real good but if you doing God's work and you don't love him if you're doing Christ's work and you don't love him it's time for you to take your choir robe off it's time for you to take your clerical collar off it's time for you to snatch off your usher's badge it's time for you to burn up your greeter's jacket and I got a witness in here cause here's what I've learned church if you ain't loving Jesus and doing his work you should not be doing it at all and I've learned that I ain't gonna do it right and if I can't do it right we shouldn't do it at all we ought to close down the church if we gonna do it to be seen cause the bible said pride goeth before destruction any bible readers here and a haughty spirit before fall 
But the last time I checked, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the love that you have for Jesus. Because the Bible says, Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory. Not glorifying you but glorifying him. And some folk are in it because they want the glory themselves and don't want to give the glory to God. They want to honor themselves and don't want to give honor to God. That's why you can always tell a real church member from a fake one. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you how you can find out who's real and who's fake, who's in it for the praise or who's in it for Christ. Let something happen at the church. And they did some work to make sure the program happened. And forget to call their name and see what happened. Pastor called everybody's name except mine. He knew I did all the work. Listen, if you're working for Jesus, does it matter if I call your name? Does it matter if your name is in the life? You need to check the real motivation for why you do what you do. And if you do it to be seen, God said you're doing it and you got your reward already. You got to do it. For his glory. And if it's for his glory, it doesn't matter if people call your name or not. Because God's keeping record. But he knows what you've done. Or what you have not done. I, I, I'm hurrying. But please, church. He, he says to them in this word of condemnation that you're doing it for you. You're doing it. You, you're not doing it for me. Love. For themselves walked in and love for Christ walked out. And love, he's saying, don't live here anymore because you got love for you. You don't have love for me. But that's grace in the text. Because he says, you have left. Your first love. Here's the shout news. It didn't say you have lost. <laughs> Tell your neighbor that's good preaching. That's good preaching. It, it, it didn't say you lost because how many know if some stuff you lose, you can't find again. But if I left it, I can go back and get it. Just where I left it. There, there are some ways to rekindle. The love that you have for God is right there in verse 5. The first thing he says is you got to remember. Listen, church, it's a whole lot of stuff that we need to forget. But it's a whole lot of stuff we need to remember. And if we're going to love the Lord and be in love with him and do the work of Christ from a heart of love, then there's some stuff we got to remember. Because you know it's some folk. I'm not talking about you. Unless I'm talking about you. <laughs> but 
but, but, but there's some folk that come up in pilgrim rest, sashay in here on Sunday mornings, and want to sit like they got wings under their clothes. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, talk to me. Some folk try to sit like they got a halo over their head and they are Jesus Jr. Like, like they've never cussed before, like they ain't never said the wrong thing before. Like they come on, they like they, they've never looked at the person the wrong way before. But but listen, I need some real folk in Pilgrim Rest this morning that will testify that no, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So why are you trying to act like you better than what you already are? All of us ain't nothing but filthy rags in the eyesight of the Lord anyway. Can I get some help in here? And what happens is just because you got a good job now and because you got a good house now and because you finally got a 700 on your credit score, you you think you didn't finally made it now. You think you got the nerve to look down at other folk in this church. But I need some folk that will testify that our problem is we got a short memory. It's time for us to look way down. Remember the time when you would club all night long? You would bar hop. Oh, some of y'all are doing it right now. Anyway, you're bar hopping from one place and you're going to the other place. Come on, I need y'all to talk to me now. Yeah, you remember the time when you got so high on that weed that you were high as a kite. I wish somebody would talk to me. Some of y'all were so high on those drugs that you were high not as a kite, but high as the airplane. I wish somebody would talk to me in here. That some of y'all remember that you were drinking Crown Royal and drinking Jack Daniels and trying to get in the car and drive, knowing you didn't have no business behind the wheel. But you woke up the next morning. I wish I had some real folk in here. You woke up the next morning, you didn't kill nobody else, and you didn't kill yourself, and God kept you, and he sustained you. You need to remember where you have fallen. Watch this, because when you remember how bad you are, you can thank God for how good he is. When you remember how bad you were, you can thank him for how much he loved you in spite of yourself. You got to remember where you fall. And I wish I was closing right here because I'll tell you there's one more thing you got to remember. You know what it is, don't you? One Friday, it is communion Sunday. <laughs> On a hill called Calvary, can somebody give God a jump up shout right now that he took your place? I wish I had some more folk. I said he took your place. It should have been you on that cross. But he loved you so much that he took your place. Thank you for listening today. We want you to partner with us and become a part of our family. Please go to our website, pilgrimrestphx.org, to get more information. You can also text to give by texting PRBC to 77977. Remember to subscribe. Now, let's go live a life of higher heights and deeper depths as we occupy all streets.